If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. You're listening to Talk with Renee Dallow, episode 151. Talk about creative CEO-ship and pricing for your creative process with Merrill Krigsman. Merrill Krigsman, Women's Wealth Advocate, is dedicated to helping you become the wealthiest woman in your lineage. Oh, I love that so much. A former cleaning lady turned self-made millionaire matriarch, she believes that the most powerful thing we can do for our children is become unapologetic female leaders who fearlessly demand what they're worth and get it. Her insights, based on helping thousands of women step into self-funded wealth, have been featured on CBS News, ABC News, and in publications like Forbes, Fast Company, Entrepreneur, and Good Housekeeping. Spot Merrill in the wild on her organic farm in Canada, reading novels in a 1920s lace dress and rubber boots. Merrill is a complete breath of fresh air, and I cannot wait for you to hear all of her hot takes on creative entrepreneurship and how overextending ourselves can really tax us in so many ways. Wedding pros, you're going to love this one. Go grab your coffee, grab your tea, and let's talk it out. Welcome to Talk with Renee Dallow, biz chat for wedding pros and creatives. Tune in every week for no BS real talk from industry experts that want to help you thrive in your business and your life. Here's your host, event planner, educator, and sushi addict, Renee Dallow. Grab a glass and get ready to talk it out. Friends, before we start this week's episode, I am so excited to let you know that the doors to my mentor, Amy Porterfield's Digital Course Academy, have officially opened. Now, if you've heard me talk at all about my own journey into education as part of my entrepreneurship, you know that my mentor, Amy Porterfield, has been instrumental in getting me to this point in my career. If you are listening to the sound of my voice and you've ever considered being a teacher, an online educator, a public speaker in our industry, I highly suggest you take Amy's Digital Course Academy. Digital courses are the way to scale your expertise, to grow your impact, and to hop off the hamster wheel of back-to-back-to-back one-on-one work exhaustion. Y'all, we are coming off some of the busiest times in the wedding world. Wouldn't it be nice to have a little more margin in your business to create something that could passively create income for you, whether that's to other wedding pros or clients? You know, there's that Einstein quote, insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. And if at this point in the year, you are finding yourself exhausted and beat down and just feeling sort of less than, I'm going to guess that you are looking for a way to do these things differently, a way to do business differently. Well, Digital Course Academy is here for you. And I've also created a bonus package that goes hand in hand with Digital Course Academy. And it'll help you speed up your way to course creation success. But you have to go to reneedallow.com forward slash Amy to get your hands on it. With that link, you will snag a major gift from me, which is side along coaching for the entire length of Digital Course Academy. Y'all, this program on its own would be hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars, but you will get it 
as my free gift to you if you sign up for Digital Course Academy using my link. We're gonna create a small group coaching program of everyone going through DCA. Because here's the thing about Digital Course Academy, it is fantastic education, but what Amy doesn't know and she can't know is our particular industry and how it works and how it specifically works when it comes to education and course creation. And friend, if I know anything, I know that. It would be my honor to walk alongside you through Digital Course Academy. Sound good? Go to reneedallow.com forward slash Amy for all the details. Now on with the show. Hello, hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Talk with Renee Dallow. It is me, your girl, Renee Dallow. This week, I'm joined by the lovely and talented Meryl Kriegsman. Meryl, how are you? I am good. We are in the middle of harvest season, so I'm picking beans and carrots and processing, and generally, it's very busy around these parts. Kind of sounds like a fall fantasy. It is. It's totally Lifetime Network <laughs> bliss here. No, I mean, I'm kidding. Yeah, but... I feel like you're in a Hallmark movie. <laughs> it is such hard work. And then on top of, you know, running a multi-million dollar business and having like three young kids, it's absolutely nuts. But we're doing it. So you have had you have tons of free time. That's that's what I hear. Actually, tons, I still do. I still magically do. Um, I read I multiple hours of my book every single day, um, but that's by design. So maybe we should talk about that. I mean, that is a I mean, we didn't plan it, you guys, but that is a natural segue to our topic, which is how creative entrepreneurs can avoid overextending themselves, which, you know, for wedding people, which is the bulk of my my listeners here, we don't understand how not to overextend ourselves really, especially at first, right? Totally. Yeah. When you started out, like, how did you come to these lessons? Were they sort of hard won or were you always good at balance? Oh my God. Uh, I'm laughing because I have a artistic <laughs> background as well. I used to be opera singer and, That's right. um, you know, like I think many, many artistic professions, right? There's like boundaries. What's that? Like you just, you know, work for, yeah. for 14 hours a day if you have to or more, right? If you have to drive somewhere and, and you give it your all, you put your heart and soul and you leave everything on the table. And, um, you know, unless unless you change that story and start to very consciously shape how people perceive you and how you're positioned in the marketplace, right? They're going to tuck like a few hundred bucks in, into, into your pocket and send you on your way, right? So, yeah. um did I know how to do boundaries and stuff like that before those hard won lessons? Like, no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Like yeah. these are, this is very sort of crafted. It's very crafted. It's very, you know, I had to practice it a lot for sure. You know, Meryl, I love that because I think so many times creative entrepreneurs maybe look at their life, right? Especially when listening to a show like this and they think, oh my gosh, I'm never going to like, I'm never going to get there. I don't know how to do that. That would never happen for me because maybe there's this subconscious idea that it should just naturally happen. And I love that you said it's something you crafted, which to me sounds like deliberate action. Oh yeah. I just, I mean, I'm, and you know, you told me I, I can swear on this podcast, which is oh, yeah. joy in life. I didn't feel like taking it up the ass for the rest of my life. You know, <laughs> that's the, that's the bottom yes. line. I was just like, this sucks. This is awful. Yeah. I'm making I'm making absolutely next to nothing. I'm I'm giving it my all. This feels so out of whack. I'm I'm out. Right. So I, I also transitioned out of opera singing and, and 
I always say opera singing. I was really concert soprano um, singing like Bach and Mozart for those of you who are into classical music. Love it. Right. Like I did competitions like in, in Rome and stuff like issued by the Vatican. So it was very like church music-y. Wow. Um, but yeah, you know, uh, it, it, it was just, I think for me, the turning point was when I was pregnant with uh, our first our first daughter, we have like three, three little kids. And I looked at myself and I come from a very artistic family. So for generations, we've been artists and psychics and all kinds of other weird stuff. And, and I, I was holding my pregnant time and I was like, wait, oh my God, I, I actually don't know how to make money. I don't know how to turn my gifts into, into something that actually is going to support right. this kid. Right. Fuck me. And then I was like, wait, same thing for for my mom and the same thing for her mom. And, and it's sort of, you know, it's like, ah, right. And and I I didn't want that to to be something that I passed on to the next generation. You know, so I think that's when I was like, OK, we're going to read up on on wealth. We're going to read up on money mindset. We're going to read up on boundaries. Right. Codependent no more like all of those books. And, and I had so much fun with it. I actually found that when I started my business initially as a conversion copywriter and then into business mentorship, it was actually deeply creatively fulfilling, surprisingly so after, you know, exiting uh, a very artistic career. Um, I found it more thrilling and more sort of like, you know, really uh, fulfilling my need to just be like curious and explore and learn than, than anything I'd ever done in my life. And then of course, right, because when you carry those patterns of, of under earning and also I think undervaluing yourself or maybe just not having the tools to actually, yes. um, you know, put yourself in the marketplace with a with a really right, solid positioning and an, and an idea of like, this is how I'm different from other people. Right. This is what I'm an expert on. And right. Without all of that. Right. I entered the copywriting arena and um, I, I had similar experience that I had as a singer. Right. Where people yeah. thought I would just do it for next to nothing. And so I was like, OK, so if this if this pattern translates into right, anything that I do and anything that I touch, then it's also in my power to change it. Right. And 100%. and I think that was the start for me. Yeah. Yeah, it reminds me of this, you know, quote we hear oftentimes, you know, I, I know I've seen it on an Instagram square uh, that says, you know, we repeat what we don't repair. Yeah. And that's, I feel the same way. It's so funny. We have so many parallels because I came from a musical theater background and I, you know, when I was coming up in that career, the common energy about doing that work was that you had to be obsessed yeah. with it. Right. You, you couldn't be casually pursuing musical theater, especially in New York City, mm -hmm. because it was all encompassing. Yeah. Right. It was you had to live, breathe. You know, I remember thinking back to those days when I was actively auditioning all the time. I mean, everything I did all day long yeah. was in service of those auditions. I would work out for four yeah. hours yeah. and I'd eat, you know, every Same. every single thing. Yeah. And I don't I don't regret it at all. But I think now it what it all all it did really was train me to 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 think that when I started this business 12 years ago that I had to be equally as obsessed with it and I was and I have been and even now I see it with my education brand with the podcast with public speaking I'm obsessed with doing a good job and giving it my all and that is you know that is the quickest way to burn out and I think is you know I love that you say you know as a creative CEO it's like business really does have to feel like art otherwise we don't do it and I think that's the yeah. part that is still attractive to me that part that feels like this all-encompassing passion yeah it's it's though right and i hate the word balance 
right? So I know, because I don't think it actually exists. I think it's this fiction that we place on women to make ourselves feel bad that we can't like, quote unquote, do it all, which is fucking ridiculous. And there's not a man in the world who thinks he needs to do it all. Balance to be balanced. Now, so like balance is bullshit. I know this, like, this is what I know about myself. And I'm, I'm quite sure you will feel similarly. Um, I cannot, I, I don't have a lot of sort of like modes where I can like slow down. So what I do is I just yeah. Like I, I changed tracks. So I, <laughs> yes. I'm kind of like, so I got on a like erotic fiction binge a couple years ago and haven't stopped. So I'm like obsessed with erotic fiction. And uh, I literally read like probably, I don't know, I read about a book a day. <laughs> Basically, that's the bottom line. I think we might be the same exact person. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Because we I'm need also, to like exchange I'm also titles in a season and... of that, of a similar yeah, thing of yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. I just, exactly. Right? And then I go listen to music and I'm obsessed with music. And then I go clean my house and I'm obsessed with, you know, feng shui and decluttering. And I just, I just change tracks, but I don't really get out of like this just like hungry, ferocious, like let's go deep and not not come up for air, sort of just like keep going. It's, it's sort of like who I am as a person. I don't know if it was shaped that way by, right? Like, I, I don't know about you, but singing for me didn't start, you know, when I went and studied it. It was something that I've been doing like throughout my entire life, right? And performing and, yeah. and, and putting yeah. together like shows and stuff like that. So I think as creatives, like knowing this about ourselves, Right. The question is, where where do we put that obsession and can we put a a bit of that obsessiveness, right, that inability to stop then maybe or or that creativity that that like that part of you that's never fully satisfied, that's always curious. Can we put that in 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 areas where, for example, we think very deeply and obsessively about positioning or we learn everything about pricing psychology or right? To, to actually help us move forward instead of just being obsessed with our craft, right? Which leads to us being like very talented at what we do and very skilled at what we do, but doesn't necessarily, right, return back to us in the shape of like, you know, financial overflow necessarily, right? So right. changing changing right. tracks basically. I with you on the changing tracks. And I also want to acknowledge that like some people listening who do self-identify as creatives might actually feel repelled by the quote unquote business side of things, especially the money side, because like that's not part of it, which I vehemently disagree with. But I know that there is that energy out there, right, that says like, well, I don't, you know, I can't charge for my art or if, if this is truly the thing I'm good at, shouldn't I be giving it away? And and listen, there's like 12 other episodes I could point you to to unpack <laughs> yeah. that. But I'm curious to, you know, your take on that. So I have this one sentence and it's rather long and I always mess it up on podcasts, but basically let me, let me try one more time. So, um, <laughs> right. We, we tend to undervalue what comes to us most easily. And yet what comes to us most easily is our most valuable work. I did it. Oh my God. You did it. That sounded amazing. I 100% agree with you. And I have to all remind myself that all the time. And also I feel like I should need to put that on the wall of my office because for me these days that has actually evolved for me into coaching. I feel like I've been training as a coach for like almost two years now, but I said to my husband the other day, it feels like I'm, it feels a little bit like I'm stealing from people because this is what I really, it comes very naturally to me. And he's like, and that is exactly why, you know, you need, which I am charging for it, but there is that tiny 10% part of my brain that's like, you, you probably could do this for free. <laughs> but, but that's literally, right? If you could do it for free and and it would be like the, the, the most fun, like easeful experience, like that's that's where you want to craft like your premium offers. 
Right. And that's right. for many of us, that's like deeply counterintuitive. But here's the thing, right? Like, do you really for the rest of your life want to uh, be loyal to a set of beliefs that turns your reality into something where your bank accounts are pretty much empty and you have to hustle all summer to right get as many like weddings like squeezed into the season as possible right it's like at one point yeah, you just gotta yeah, admit that it just that. like sucks right and and you want something better right. for yourself and yeah that usually means right also sort of being willing to shape some or reshape some parts of your identity that you've you've gotten really sort of like comfy and cushiony with right it's not it's not I always agree. easy but it's definitely worth it i agree let's talk a little bit more about pricing um i want to talk about how you you know your your theory about pricing to honor your creative process so like instead of you know how do how do we set prices that give us space to allow yeah. freedom and like create creativity yeah to come so in? i i use like a sort of like a reverse engineering process is what i would would call it right and first start with well how much time a day do you want to be like actively working with clients right or actively working on projects for clients right how much time a week do you want to be spending like working on your business instead of in your business um wh what does your life require right now from a perspective of right quote unquote free time or family time or right i'm sure there's people tuning in who might have like chronic health issues Right. Like what sure. does it really take for you to live the kind of life that actually feels like it's worth living? Right. And truly supportive of, of your right, your creativity, but also just, you know, being able to unwind and sleep and rest and take some time off. So that's where I start. And then I go like, OK, so that, that means there's there's two two days left a week. Right. When I do that puzzle, there's about two days a week left for actual client work or whether that's like going out for a photo shoot, right? Or or uh, whatever it is, right? Or um, mm -hmm. uh, project stuff. And then you sort of go like, okay, so what kind of packages could I shape, right? And, and where does my pricing need to sit if I wanna make, right, X amount a month, let's say, right? So let's say yes. you wanna, wanna make $30,000 a month. Then you go, well, it's, it's about this much per week. It's about this much a day. Now, you're, of course, you're not gonna sell every single day. You're not going to run from like one no. project to the next and, and one shoot for the right. It's like, that's not what you want. So you, you literally double the amount that it needs to be in order for you to get to where you want to go financially. That's sort of like my rule of thumb, right? So you can. Did you hear what she said? You have to, to double, double it. it, double, double it. Yeah. I just want to put a highlighter on double that. Double it. it. Yes. So yes. once you do that, you're probably going to go like, oh my God. It's too much, right? <laughs> it's totally to be expected. Yeah. But now you have the real figure, right? If you want to make this much money per month, right? And please include what you need for your retirement, right? For fuck's sakes. Please. Uh, right? Don't just think about like, how am I going to pay the rent and groceries or mortgage or whatever, right? For the next uh, 12 months. Now you have the real figure, right? That's actually going to lead you to not only the, the financial outcome that you desire, but also the time freedom experience that you would love to have and and now it's time to start puzzling who would pay this kind of money and not not a who would pay this kind of money but a who would pay this kind of money right it's it's the tone yeah. of voice matters here 
Well, and also the, it's the curiosity, not yes. the fear, right? Yeah. There's, there's two, there's two sides there. You could, as your first, you know, um, example is like, uh, or you could just release the fear and just get real curious about what kind of person that, that maybe is already in my audience needs this exact thing. And, you know, I think it's also worth mentioning that like never once have you said, so I made a spreadsheet because something that happens, especially to uh, my wedding pros who are listening is that we tend to want, like, we want, we want something that's like black and yeah. white, you know, we want to be like, okay, well, if I do, there's 52 weeks in a year. And so if I do 12 weddings at this much money and that's great, fine. And that that's a good metric to know. But when we're talking about building a new package or building a new offering, you know, a lot of it is a more creative um, thought process than just numbers on a page. Yes. Yeah. And, and here's yeah. the thing, like, I love to do, um, oh my God, I need to get this into your hands for your audience. Let me figure out how, but I do this thing called, I call it money doodling. And I literally have like this whole um, doodle exercise to do your numbers. Ooh like on on just a piece of paper i've like created entire artworks out of mine in the past because i love to draw as well oh, I love and that. it's like this super creative process and it really activates like the creative side of the brain um right rather than the spreadsheet which is interesting because my like some some team members of mine wanted to get me into like this whole crm thing with you know tracking everything and it's sort of like squished the magic like out of the yeah. whole process until I <laughs> yeah. was like, yes. there's nothing left to track because there is no more magic. <laughs> right. And then I was like, no, I need to, I need to take this back and, and literally like draw things on the wall. I, I use sometimes I use a like chalk and I just create this entire thing with chalk. Yeah. Right. And, and to literally commit to making every aspect of your business feel like deeply creative and self-expressed because otherwise it's just, you know, you're, 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 you're allowing your fear to, to rule you. Right. And, and it's mm -hmm. like, you have to make it your own. So clarity on numbers, like 100%, like we are so diligent and like tracking everything. And like uh, this app is called, you need a budget. Uh, we've been working with a financial yes. coach for years, right? Like numbers love clarity, but sometimes you have to take it off of your computer screen and just sort of play around with it. In the money doodle, basically what I do is I create all these imaginary packages and I and I go create like at least nine or 10 pathways towards the financial outcome I want to reach. So to just train my brain like, hey, this can look in, like it can look differently. Like, you know, there's different paths towards this outcome. Right. And then what it does yeah. is that you also become very open to uh, right, even spotting the opportunities, right? because if you are committed to selling x amount of weddings at x number of right dollars per per wedding and the packages all need to be sort of similar and right and i get it you want to you want to scale right all those things so you're like needs to sort of mm -hmm. all look the same um but there's also a reality out there where right you you book only five figure weddings or even six right. figure well, why not right <laughs> Why not? Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, I love the I love the money doodle as an exercise. I mean, perhaps when I say that someone listening is like, oh, my God, that sounds chaotic. And maybe it is. But maybe that is part of what your brain needs to uh, marinate on a potential new idea yeah. or consider that there are, you know, several paths to the same outcome, as you said. Um, I would love to get a to get a look at what that looks like because I, I think that would actually very much. Yeah, to my, I'll my send brain. it over. We'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Please do. I want to talk to you about over delivering because you said something in, in we have something in these notes here that as a wedding planner for 12 years, uh, I think everyone here needs to hear myself included. You said 
you can't over deliver and people please your way out of potential criticism. Yes. Yeah, please say more. Well, on that, please. <laughs> you know, like we have very often like a hidden agenda with over delivering, right? We want to guarantee client satisfaction. And that is something that, that there's so many factors involved that, that we literally, we cannot always control the outcome, right? And I think it's very important to acknowledge that. Also, right when we hear other people like saying maybe not so good things about other people in the industry, right? There's always a question of like, what was all like involved in the situation? Like how many factors were at play here, right? It's like, usually there's yeah. so much going on. And also to have like a level of self-forgiveness, right? If you shoot any number of weddings, let's say to stick with that example, there's there's guaranteed going to be a couple of people that are not 100% thrilled about what you deliver, right? And that might have nothing to do with the quality of your work, right? So right, I think exactly. that's a really important thing to acknowledge. And then also, right, to, to sort of catch yourself when you're doing it, right? And remind yourself that it is enough right? You are enough. Your, the, 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 the experience that you're created is enough and that your sort of need your reaction to just throw all these extras in, right? In an attempt to stay safe, in an attempt to, right, sort of be able to, right, in the face of criticism say, right, but I threw in all these extras. I did the very best I could. Really, I did, right? It's like, wait, mm -hmm. pause, Right. The more you stand yeah. in your truth about I am enough and this is this is enough, right? This is more than enough. This is beautiful. This is whole. This is a, a, a beautifully, you know, experience designed from the very beginning to the very end. That confidence is actually going to contribute much more to the client satisfaction that you crave than you adding in all these extras. Because when you add in in custom extras, the chances that there's something that's going to break down in that experience that you don't even know can break down because it's custom and you haven't ever done it right. before is really big. Right. It's really big. It's really big. And, you know, also I would argue and add to this, like if you are someone who consistently over delivers as a point of pride, you actually are over delivering on your compensation and you're not getting adequately adequately compensated for the work you're doing because you're constantly 100 it's just it's un like yeah. you're creating your own powder it, pattern yeah, it, you know i call it like under earning in disguise right that's it is under earning in disguise yeah. it absolutely is oh so powerful i mean so many wedding pros pride themselves on over delivering and not that i'm saying we need to under deliver but doing what is contracted is like the whole job it's like all this stuff now about quiet quitting have you been reading yeah, about this like it's the worst terminology like i'm such a stickler for language and when i finally read what it was i was like this, this is bullshit, bullshit. Yeah. so for those of you who yeah. don't know quiet quitting what they're calling what the media is calling quiet quitting right now is have is is the idea that a, a, an employee of, of i'm assuming a bigger co company or, or you know not like as an entrepreneur would just literally do what's expected of them would check out at the end of the day, go home, not do their work, not check their emails, come in the next day, do their work, go home. And like, that is called quiet quitting, yeah. which is honestly just doing what you're paid for. I mean, it makes me really think that they're, they're literally creating terminology like that to guilt people back into, yes. uh, I mean, yeah, going back into the office. Yeah, exactly. Right. So the the thing though right for for people who are chronic over deliverers what i would say as a really good step in between to sort of ease your nervous system out of out of that pattern is to look at in in the things that i am delivering 
Am I unrushing the process? Am I doing, doing it with love? Am I fully present to my client when we're having a conversation, et cetera, right? It's not about like the right. volume of, of things or deliverables or add-ons. It's the quality of your presence. And the quality of your presence is something that skyrockets when you take really great care of yourself. When you take really good care of yourself. Yes. Sit with that for a minute, friends. When you take really good care of yourself, come on. Well, and I just want, yeah. I, just, I just want everyone to hear it because I feel like, especially now in this wedding boom and everything that's going on and like, no one's taking care of themselves. Everyone's burnt out. People are quitting instead of just, instead of just pausing and reassessing, they're I'm like, out. ah, fuck yeah. this, I'm out. Yeah. Like I've hear, I've heard it constantly. Yeah. So it's so important that you listen to what Meryl is saying, y'all. You have to take this in, listen to this episode again. <laughs> it's like, I got it. <laughs> just listen to it on repeat. And honestly, right, for some of us, like we don't even know what that looks like, right? Let's be honest. Right. If you if you start young and, you know, you just sort of float into this whole lifestyle, right, you've constantly been conditioned to right. you have to over deliver. Right. Or you're going to be replaced or right, whatever, whatever you've chosen to right. allow to hang over your head. You might not even know what that looks like. Right. Or or what would replace sort of the, the, the frantic busyness. And this is why I'm talking about like easing into it from a nervous system perspective. Because your nervous system yeah. is gonna like give you full blown warning signs. This isn't safe. You you gotta you gotta work. You gotta hustle. You gotta right. Like this is this is really scary. And so to to yeah. be really kind towards yourself in also the process of of slowly building up to higher levels of self care, right? So um, if you would have asked me a few years ago, like what do you do to take care of yourself, I would have said take showers. Like that's yeah. right, like with young babies and stuff like that and busy copywriting business. Yeah. Um, and now I will say, well, I read, you know, three and a half hours of erotic fiction every day, right, et cetera. And like I spend time <laughs> in the garden and I go for, right, to get a nice cup of coffee with my husband in the morning and, 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 um, right? But it's something to slowly build up to, right? And, and I mean, I'm making, you know, well over, right, six figures a month. So... Right. It's it's at this point also sort of like, well, the proof is in the pudding. Right. Obviously, I, exactly. I, I'm doing something right here. Um, but giving right. yourself the grace to to just every single day, ask yourself, how can I create like these micro moments of, of luxury for myself? Because guess what? Right. People who do this are the people that then get sought out for really exciting opportunities and Right, who have like it's true because they're the people who feel the most grounded yes. and settled and at ease with themselves and aware and authentic and all that stuff. And I actually think now that I said the word authentic out loud, because it's one of those yeah. words, you know, <laughs> know, for years we've been talking about authenticity. I always feel like that's another word that's like bullshit. But the more I think about it, the more I do think that when you are taking time to care about yourself, taking time for rest, taking time for the things that bring you joy that are not your obsessed obsessive business mind, speaking for myself, yeah. right? That's when you're a fully formed human person and then other people are are attracted to that fully formed yeah part of you. and also very simply um when i am committed to those practices because here's the thing right of course i fall off the fucking bandwagon like we all do oh, of course right? so get yeah. my butt back on the bandwagon and then all of a sudden i realize that there's all these opportunities out there that i didn't even notice before because i was so busy yeah right and and yep. i i 
I didn't 100%. even spot the opportunities. For example, right now, getting a um, Instagram live on the calendar with somebody who has a Netflix series and close to a million followers. Ooh. And um, the Hello. only reason that it didn't happen a year ago was because I wrote her back, but I hadn't actually followed her back. So she put the request mm -hmm. in my inbox and she never got my reply. Right. And I was like, oh, it would have been so nice right. if this would have like actually translated into a real opportunity. Guess what? Right. I went back in there because now I had the time and created some spaciousness around right doing this this work, next level of visibility and stuff and, and right, my brand moving forward and all of that lovely, lovely, the lovely things that we can obsess over as business owners. And all of a sudden I realized that this is literally right, like a dormant opportunity that I just needed to activate. How many dormant opportunities do you have that you don't even realize are there because you're too freaking busy? Yeah. Yes. <sighs> Meryl, I could talk to you all day, but unfortunately <laughs> it's gonna be it. Yeah. Our listeners have a finite amount of attention span. I love you all, but you know you do. Um, Meryl, where can people find you on the internet? So you can definitely come and find me on Instagram. So simply pop my name in there. Um, I have a daily podcast. Talk about just like obsessive. A daily <laughs> podcast? It's like these. How do you find the time? So, like they're, they're like a few minutes each, like per episode. But basically it's my diary. It's my diary that I keep on, you know, like my ideas, insights, strategies that I'm testing behind the scenes of a multi seven figure business, how I'm doing it all with like little children and like living on a farm and, and just, you know, really sharing very, very authentically, Renee, it's very authentic. It's very authentic. Well, I have to say, I love your Instagram um, tagline, which is become the wealthiest woman in your lineage. Yes. Yes, yes. please. Yes. So, 100%. Yes, yes, please. Yes, yes. So uh, the podcast is called Wealth Whispers. Um, normally it's like, whatever, close to a thousand bucks or something. And as the listener to this podcast, you will get it for free with a promo code. We'll make sure that we have it for you in the show notes. I suspect Ooh, we're going to put yes. it. Yes. And um, yeah, let me ponder about how we can get the the money doodle your way because that's it's a full blown like thing. It's actually yes. fairly organized. Um, I actually Ooh. recorded like a video on how to do it with like little like this is what oh. I just drew. Look at me. Um, I'm very excited so about it. Definitely. Yeah, we'll figure yeah. out how to get it to you listeners. We whether we link it in, maybe we'll link it on Instagram when this episode comes out or we'll put it in the show notes. We'll figure it out. We, we got your back. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> listeners, I have a little bit of housekeeping news for you since um, Meryl brought it up or mentioned Instagram, which everyone does. Many of you know who have been following me for years that we we unfortunately had three different Instagram accounts. Meryl, don't don't judge me. We have the Moxie Bright Events account, which is not going anywhere. That is my wedding planning account. If you follow me there, you know, keep doing it. We have the Renee Dallow account, which is the me account, which talks about education and events and my public speaking. And now it will also encompass the podcast. So we are going to, I guess, sort of phase out the Talk with Renee Dallow podcast Instagram account. So if you're following me only on that account, please go follow me on just Renee Dallow at Renee Dallow. And that's where we will post from now on all the lovely podcast stuff as we approach a little, a little refresh of the brand and a little refresh of the website. We're kind of just, you know, getting our fall feelings together, y'all. And that's all I have for you. Um, <laughs> and that, in that respect, Meryl, thank you so much for being here. It was just a fantastic, enlightening conversation. So thank Thanks you for, for it. Thanks for having me. Anytime, anytime, friend. For all my listeners, you know what I'm going to say. Thank you for spending time with us because I know your time is the one thing you cannot make any more of. We appreciate you and we will see you next week. Same time, same place. Bye for now, friends. Thanks for listening to Talk with Renee Dallow. Dive into the show notes at reneedallow.com forward slash podcast. 
and connect with Renee at Talk with Renee Dallow on Instagram.